Sister Said podcast, and I'm your host, Uche Amuneke. You might know me from my YouTube channel, where I share useful tips and advice to help Christians deepen their faith and get closer to God. But on this podcast, I discuss the questions, perspectives, and concerns of you and of my other brothers and sisters in Christ, issues that most singles and young adults face, but are rarely or never discussed in church. And if you need help biblically navigating a life issue, follow me on any of my social media platforms to get connected. And be sure to rate and review this podcast if you enjoy it. All right, let's get started with today's episode. Hey y'all, it's Uche. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here because today is part two of the singleness series and there are going to be a couple of parts because I'm trying to break this down as simply as possible and plus I have the shortest attention span ever. And so I want to make sure that someone who's like me, who can't listen to something for 30 minutes or watch an hour long movie can listen to this in small sports. So that's why I'm dividing it up into small sections. Um, so it's easy to listen to and very clear. Okay. And uh, by the way, this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, um, make sure you go ahead and do that. I kind of, um, in that episode, I kind of just break down the definition, the, the biblical definition of a gift and how singleness or being unmarried is not It's not a gift according to God's word. And so I just want to make something super clear also. um, Eyes loves my church, okay? I'm telling my experience, and a lot of that has to do with my church, but it's not like a way to shade anybody, but it's just my experience with what I've gone through. And it's not just my church that is giving this message that singleness is a gift. There are books, blogs, speakers, other ways that this message is being told to singles and young adults. And I... And I seriously just think it's just a dangerous message and it's not a, it's not a biblical message. So it's just, so it's just kind of like unfortunate. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Of course, I was like super pissed, like super angry about it. I was really mad. I was like, I'm so mad. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have the Bible too. I can read. So why didn't I read this for myself in the first place? Why don't I pick this up? You know, Um, so I guess, I mean, I I know that I have some part to play in the fact that that's perpetuated in my own life. So that's why I'm doing this message is not shade on any of these ministries that do other things so well. But this, it's not being done well. And then, and if you know who I am, you're my friend, you're like, this is not surprising that I'm going to say something. But whatever. I don't know how to keep quiet sometimes. But, um, but yeah. All right, any who's it's, let's move on to the point of this episode. So the main point of this episode is two things, actually. So two things I really want to make clear in this episode. So I have to say that out loud because I'll forget. So the first thing I want to make clear is that being called towards marriage isn't a thing. It's just not. Um, it's not a biblical thing. I'll just tell you that. And then um, the second thing is that I'm going to explain to y'all what exactly Paul is talking about, the actual gift he is talking about in 1 Corinthians 7, okay? Spoilers, it's not the gift of singleness. Oh, you guys already probably got that from me, but um, so we're going to go into that. I want to start with the the idea that people are called towards marriage because I think it's something that's been perpetuated in the church for too long and it's, and it's breaking my heart, man, um, because I have a lot of people, a lot of women that I know who are scared to think that God wants marriage for them. Like a woman that doubt that their desire to be married or be in a relationship is a good thing. 
So I want to clear that up. Okay. Um, but first I'll tell you guys a story, a little bit of a story. So um, I was at this seminar for uh, women small group leaders and because the, the issue of singleness and uh, being single and being unmarried is weighing hard on a whole bunch of young adults at my church. And so they had this gathering seminar, which is awesome because like they want to address the issue head on. We had a Q&A portion and someone asked about, they said, if I'm desiring to be married, shouldn't I get married? My only issue was that during this seminar, the speaker said something that was like really concerning. She incorrectly compared the desire to be married with the desire of a man that wants to have sex with a whole bunch of women. And she was talking about how, um, you know, just all desires aren't reliable. And I was just like, hmm, that's not, that's a problem because the desire to be married is cray cray natural. It's natural. It's, it's supposed, it's supposed to be there. The desire to be in a relationship is supposed to be there. And in a minute, I'm going to tell you guys what God's word says about this. The desire to have sex with multiple women, that's not a good thing. That's something that's, you know, that's outside of God's definition and goal of marriage and of sex. So that's just not correct. However, I can understand her logic if she if she believes that singleness is a gift from God. It makes per- perfect sense because if you believe that God gave you this gift of singleness, then desiring anything outside that gift would be wrong, right? And that's why I wanted to clear, the first thing I wanted to clear up was that singleness wasn't a gift. So that's out of there, right? So we're not going to judge our desires based on if singleness is a gift. We're going to judge them on what God's word says about marriage and what God's word says about relationship. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. So I And so I understand how women who view this message are going to doubt that their, desire, that their desire to be married or be in a relationship is a good thing. Um, I want to be as clear as possible by telling you it's not a bad thing to desire marriage. It is a good thing to desire marriage or to be in a relationship with somebody. That's it. Okay. And, um, and if you doubt that God wants you to be married, like 100% God wants you to be married. And I'll go into this a little bit later, but if you do not have the gift of celibacy, God wants you to be married point blank, period. He wants that for you. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I know that's not the most encouraging thing. And I will get that. I will get into that in my next episode, but, but God wants that for you. Don't doubt that. And here's how I know that for sure. I dug into God's word. Okay. Not even looking for this, but just wanting an explanation about, is there a calling towards marriage? Okay. So, um, the first place I looked was Genesis 2, 18, um, about why Eve was even made, right? So um, Genesis 2.18 says, And then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Sorry, in the verses after this, God actually goes out and like makes other creatures, other things and searches far and wide for a suitable partner for Adam. But nothing was found. No one was found. And so he had to make Eve. And so that type of companionship is very, very intentional. And and if it's not good for the man to be alone, it's not good for the woman, the woman who was bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, to be alone either. Okay, let me just clarify this. So basically, God's word is saying that he knows it's not good for man to be alone. 
He knows this. So that's the first part, okay? And the second part is James 1 verse 14. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Okay. So knowing that God knows and understands that it's not good for man to be alone. God is not going to purposefully make you be alone. He's not going to tempt you. If God wanted you to be single, you'd have the gift of celibacy. You'd have the gift of self-control to be able to control those desires. Not burning with passion. (laughs) Not burning with passion, like with a flame of passion that you can't control. No. And, and that's really important. And I'll move into that in a second. But that's why like this whole gift thing is super important because it's like, it's affecting out what people believe about God. You have to know that God does not want you to be single and miserable. And you need to believe that God is good and he does not want you to be single and miserable. But it says that you're, we're carried away by our own lusts. So someone like me who was getting upset and get starting to settle because I have this desire for um, for marriage and for a relationship. I started to lower my standards and seek things elsewhere and try to um, instead of you know striving for marriage, I think like sex will do or just a physical relationship will do. And that's that lust that you're carried carried away for. Desiring for marriage is cool and all. But that's not the desire to have sex outside of marriage. That's not a desire that God put in you, the desire to have sex out of marriage. And I hope that really makes sense. My goal in saying this is to help people stop feeling guilty. It's not being made to feel guilty about desiring marriage. It's normal, first of all, and it's necessary. Second of all, necessary. How else are you going to want to make babies with your husband? We don't want to get married. You don't want to be in a relationship. Hello. Okay. But anyways, so that gift of celibacy is actually what... Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians uh, 7, okay? And um, it's honestly, it's clear as a day, which kind of like, kind of annoys me. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. And that brings us to the second part, which is what is Paul talking about in 1 Corinthians verse 7, which is usually referenced in, um, for most singleness is a gift sermons. So I'm going to break that down for you. But also, I'm going to also add a little bit of um, what Jesus says about this topic too. All right. And it'll hopefully clear some stuff up. Okay. So a little background information. So um, the NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible, and that is regarded as one of the closest, like basically the closest interpretation of the Bible, the original text. Okay. However, the most popular version of the Bible that's used is the NIV. And that's the New International Version. But in... It had two updates. So in 1984, the um, NIV was updated. And during that update, 1 Corinthians 7.1, so the original text is closest to, it's not good for a man to touch a woman. And that's not including their wife because sexual immorality was happening everywhere. Okay. And so, um, so Paul was like, yeah, you just don't just have sex with randos. You need to get a wife to have sex with her because sexual immorality is not okay. I'm sleeping with different women is not okay. It's not God's plan for us. It says, you know, one person. Anyways, and so, but the NIV incorrectly translated that to, it is not good for a man to be married. 
which is not correct. But in 2011, the NIV did an update and they um, corrected that mistake by translating it to, um, I think you, I mean, if you have your NIV and it's past 2011, you'd see that it says it's not good for a man to touch a woman or it's not good for a man to have sexual relationships with a woman or sexual relations with a woman. And so that's updated there. So that's where kind of some of the um, mistakes are getting the mistakes and the misinterpretations are happening is because of that mistake by the NIV translators. Um, but they've since fixed it. So, yeah. So next point. So what I said at the beginning was that if you don't have the gift of celibacy. So that is actually the gift that Paul has in um, and that he's talking about having in 1 Corinthians 7, 6. So Paul says, but this I say by way of concession, not command. Yet I wish that all men were even as I myself am. Basically saying that I wish everyone was like me. However, each man has his own gift from God. One man has this manner and the other has that. Okay. And then he says this, but in verse eight, he says, but I say to the unmarried and to the widows that it is good for them if they remain even as I but if they do not have self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So not just having sex, but it's also like if they won't really want a relationship, they desire that relationship. So he's saying that he's built a different way. OK, and so the way that he's built is to not desire sex, not desire marriage, or I'm or I'm thinking that he's so self-controlled um, that he can control that desire for sex, control that desire for marriage, and focus his attention on God's kingdom. And very interestingly, Jesus also talks about celibacy, the gift of celibacy, in Matthew 19, verses 11 through 12, okay? Um, just so that you have the backstory and a little bit of definition for the first part. So um, Jesus is talking to his disciples because the Pharisees go ahead and want to ask this question about whether it's okay to get a divorce. And Jesus is talking about how, yeah, if you do get a divorce, like there's not a lot of you can do to get out of it. And God still honors that covenant you made with your wife and how um, in God's eyes, you'll be com committing adultery if you try to, you know, if, even if you get a divorce. All right. And even if, you know, you're granted a divorce. And so the disciples are like, well, like, why would I want all that trouble? Then isn't it better not to get married then if there's so much trouble with, with God and getting a divorce? And there's a risk that you might your heart might harden towards your wife and you're going to want to get out. And then Jesus says, yeah. And so we'll start from there, okay? Um, so Matthew 19, verse 10 through 12, it says, um, The disciples said to him, If the relationship of the man and his wife is like that, is it better not to be married? But... He, meaning Jesus, said to them, Not all men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuch for the sake of the kingdom. He who was able to accept this, let him accept it. Okay. And um, I guess other tra translations say that there are other eunuchs who live as eunuchs instead of made themselves eunuchs, but I'm reading the um, NASB version, okay? All right, and so just to explain what a eunuch is, a eunuch is someone who's been castrated. Um, and castration is when an external sexual organ is damaged or removed 
It diminishes their sex drive or limits their sex drive or removes sexual desire and pleasure from that person. So that is what castration is. And eunuchs are people who have been castrated. Okay. Um, but Jesus is talking about people who are either born that way, who are made that way. Um, some people are made that way because they were in um, positions of taking care of like queen, uh, queens or like uh, chambermaids or just they're around a lot of females. So they'd make men into eunuchs. So they weren't like worried about them um, hitting on or um, taking advantage of the other females. So anyways, and he also says that people who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. Another translation is that people who live like eunuchs, so they um, so they have self-control or they control those desires or remove them them or control those desires or remove them themselves. So I think it's really hard to castrate yourself. But anyways, so that being said, so that's the gift that Paul is saying that he has that he is doesn't burn with passion. He is not, he does not lack self-control in regards to marriage or sex. I've only met probably one person who has that gift that I know of and that they told me like, yeah, I'm, this is not an issue for me. So it's really rare in my life. And I want to be really clear that if you don't have that gift, which is the gift of celibacy or the gift of self-control, then, then you're meant to be married because even both Paul and Jesus said, yeah, some people can accept it, but some people cannot. And that's okay. If you're not able to control that, that's like if you're, you know, lusting after people, if you're masturbating, if you're watching pornography and you're not able to control yourself to not do that, or you have a sexual relationship with, um, you know, like whatever, friends with benefits or other sexual relationships, you're not content in your singleness because you're not celibate. And that's basically what they're talking about. So if you don't have that gift of celibacy and you desire sex, you desire marriage, you should be married. That's just, that's all it is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So yeah, <laughs> so part three is going to be the episode that I'm most kind of most excited about because it was kind of where I understood all these things, made those transitions in my mind, and then now we're turning that into action. So part three is going to be, I'm excited about it. What else? And so um, I can't wait for you guys to join me for that one. And I just, I'm just excited for this because I mean, I pray that a whole lot of lives are going to be changed with this. People are going to have a renewed faith in God and a new understanding of like what he wants for you and who he is and also a recognition of how broken this world is and that it's just hard but yeah so I'm here for you guys I love you um yes make sure you guys comment review and um share all right and I miss you already okay bye